The Total Financial Hour is sponsored by TFS Financial Insurance Services and Total Financial Solutions, Inc. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halaby, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy, learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now hey, welcome to the show. Nice to have you as part of the show. We're talking about your family's finances, of course, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future. I'm Eric Hallaby on the Total Financial Hour. The total Financial Show, really, because our two hours, the second hour, your emails, your questions. Let me give you that email address. It's Arif at TFSWealth.com. That's Arif, A-R-I-F at tfswealth.com. All right, I'll give that out again uh, throughout the rest of the hour, as well as our phone number. So if you have a pen and uh, paper handy, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. All right, getting right into it, uh, the writer's strike. Now this is the first time the writers and the actors are going on strike. Uh, For lots of reasons, there's always little nuances. Uh, I've been involved in union negotiations when I was on the police side of the union. Uh, as a Los Angeles policeman, uh, the subcommittee working on different ideas. Look, this is important. You understand that I told you this was going to happen a year ago, two years ago, six months ago. Here's what. There's going to be this wave of strikes, labor disputes, issues, banks, uh, insurance companies, any place that there are unions involved directly or indirectly which is going to include our actors. It's going to include UPS. It's going to include uh, pilots, right? UPS is now talking about going on strike. We'll see how that turns out this week. But I want to get to the actors and, and the writer's strike. I, I'm conflicted with this. Maybe you can help me understand it. at tfswealth.com. Help me understand this. Here, here's what I mean. If I drive a Ford car, I pay for that car once. Off it goes, whoever designed it, Uh, made it, manufactured it, created the paint color, painted it, everything. If I listen to music on my ears, I bought that CD, downloaded the the song, it's it. I don't have to pay $15 or 10 cents every time I listen to it. Radio stations do. I'm not sure why, if they bought it. Remember, Remember when artists first came out, and said, you can't have videos, you can't record my concerts, you can't use your cell phones. It was like trying to stop a, a tidal wave uh, you know, with a shovel. It's just like not going to work. Trying to get mad at everybody, you, you, you're running around like you're whacking a mole. You put your phone away, you put your phone away. And now, a couple of smart artists, not the A-listers that, that were playing Afraid, but the ones that were up and coming said, 
you know, I'm going back a decade, and they said, oh, 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 here's what we're going to do. We're going to let you do it. Remember the Grateful Dead? They let you record it. Surprise. How bad was that? Boy, somebody should have been fired over that advice of put your phone away. You shouldn't have your phone. Copyright material. You know, when the actors and because look, who's getting punished in this? It's the cameramen. It's the grips, gaffers, editors. It's the sound people. You guys are getting punished. And look, very few actors are making $10 million, $20 million a movie. Very, very few. You can count them on two hands and maybe have a finger or two left over. All right, so, so it's not that they, they want more money necessarily, not for those people, but it's simple. They, they want to be paid when you watch the show again and again. I don't know if, if I should, right? Every time I, I walk by my, uh, a painting... Right, I love Marty Bell. She's passed away. I have a few of her paintings. I love her paintings. But I'm not paying her every time I look at her painting. I'm not paying uh, paying her uh, estate when I sell it, if I sell it to the neighbor next door. I bought the painting. It's over. Now they say, oh, but if you use it in your company advertising. I, I don't know, guys. And, and I'm telling you, this is why I'm conflicted. I don't have an answer for you. But are we supposed to pay somebody over and over? I don't pay Apple computer every time I get on my computer. I don't pay uh, Microsoft every time I use Microsoft software or, or the latest computer PC. Right, you paid once. Then I bought it. I own it. But apparently I own a license, but not really. But I own it, but I can use it, but I can't. I think it has to be cleared up a little bit because today people can share things on these various Rumble uh, and YouTube, but I like Rumble better, uh, Rumble-type platforms, right? You can go to Truth Social. You can go to Twitter, show a clip of something, a meme of somebody from Fresh Prince. <laughs> I love that one, right? You can show a, a meme, and, and I'm not paying for it, but if I use it to advertise my company, I am, but I'm not. Uh, there's just some confusion. My point is this. At the end of the day, it's not the $10 million actors who are sitting in the south of France saying, oh, I guess I get a little bit more vacation. I guess my 11 weeks that they bought me for, because that's how it works. You buy an actor for 10 weeks, two weeks, six weeks, whatever. I was involved in, in one particular project. We bought this actor, actor's time. I think it was for 11 weeks of shooting. And you kind of own them basically for that period of time. You own them. I mean, it's within guidelines. I can, you can come and go, but I, I own your time. I bought it. Well, now they're saying, thanks, bye. I'll be in Fiji. I'll be in the Bahamas. Is the grip gaffer cameraman? Right? The, the women and men that work in the, that, that support these folks? Are, are they really going to have their lives changed because an actor gets paid more money? Because it's now shown on a streaming platform? I, I, I think it's just like any arrogant leftist organization. They screw the guys in the bottom. They screw the people that work that make it happen. They just do. Right? The, the caterers, the electricians, the people that supply the, the flowers. Really? Uh, I don't know. It just doesn't seem right to me. All right. I want to talk about a couple of things, guys, as, as uh, we're dealing with 
more strikes coming. I'm telling you, it's going to continue and it will continue throughout the rest of the year. It'll take throughout the rest of the year. If uh, we saw some of the school districts, I mean, you guys, teachers have been getting incredible pay raises. Some of them. It's amazing. Right. So, so we're starting to see it. It's going to happen as the next year, probably the next two years. It depends on when the contracts are up and what phase of the economy you're in. Because it's funny, if you signed a contract just before the inflation numbers started coming in hot, you're sitting on a crummy contract. You're like, oh man, come on, expire, expire, expire. And if everything gets back under control, let's say a Republican comes in as president, whether it's uh, Tim Scott, whether it's President Trump, DeSantis, whoever it might be, if it's a conservative that gets in there, they're going to start tightening down things, opening up supply, because that's what it is. You, un- you understand, when you print a lot of money, the way to absorb the money out of the system is to print more supply. Instead of me and you fighting to buy this table, and it goes $10, 12 15 18 fine, I'm out. Guy goes, great, I got it for 18 I have more money than Arif. Okay, then you bought the table. Instead, the conservative's way of, of thinking is, well, why didn't you just make two tables or three? You see, that's the difference. That's the trade-off. We think there should be more jobs, more production. In order to do that, you need more energy. So the left's argument to keep you within your little uh, you know, sphere of financial influence, right? don't leave your little, your little bucket there, you're stuck in a corner, I think it really impacts people. I think you start thinking about this And then you understand now it makes sense why the far left and the left wing, why did they do this? Crisis. It's the bees. Killer bees, remember that? Global warming. Global cooling. Global warming. Climate change. Right? Because then they don't have to change that. Right? Isn't it awesome to never be wrong? Climate change. Remember we were supposed to be all done by 2000. Al Gore cashed in on that one. Greta Van, whatever her name is, right? The, the wonderful special needs child who's insightful about the world at her tender age of whatever, 16 or 18. We were supposed to be done by this year. Oh, wait, she's wrong again. Remember, trees, billions, trees, I can't believe it, what? Deforestation, the world is coming to an end. The Amazon, 1,500 acres a day are being burnt so that people could eat dinner. You're like, well, well, maybe maybe it's a good idea that they're planting crops so that they're not starving in, in the rainforest. Maybe it's a good idea that they're not reliant on China or the United States to give them food. Right? We taught them to farm. Isn't that exciting? And by the way, just so you know, they're burning some for cattle. Okay, I get it. But the cattle need feed. Oh, by the way, the feed is a product of vegetation, which which produces oxygen. Okay, maybe not at the same rate. I get it. Right? I'm not a biologist to, to give you all of those numbers. But you understand that the farmland also creates a positive oxygen flow. And so I thought, I'm going to look this up. Because I've been, I've been saying this statistic, I'll tell you in just a second, to think 
Because, uh, listen, if you cry wolf long enough, eventually the wolf will be there. So maybe this is the left's latest, greatest climate change. Maybe this time they're right. Ozone. Remember the ozone was supposed to be. Why don't we hear about the ozone anymore? Huh. Interesting. Nah, never mind. <laughs> they wouldn't be lying about that. So it's got to be trees. Remember, it's, let's go back to the trees. All right, so I pulled this up and I said, all right, how many trees are in the United States? Because it's interesting. I remember being in high school and then in college. And I thought for a while I might, I might work in, in the sciences. So a lot of my oceanography and biology, I love those classes. In fact, it's still an avocation of mine. But fascinating enough, I remember before there was an agenda in university campuses, it was very simple. And it was that we have more trees in the United States today than when Columbus discovered America. Now, I understand that the, the great redwoods and the sequoias, just like we would have museums, I think we should have national parks. But I don't know if there's any... Uh, this is, again, back to my asking questions. Is there any purpose in a very large 300-year-old tree that two other trees can't make up? Um, or six or ten, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, the beauty is incredible. I've seen them. And I think we should have them. But when people say you shouldn't cut them down, is it because it produces more oxygen? Is it because it is a greater example of our national pride? I'm okay with both of those things if they're true. What I don't like is somebody stomping their foot and going, because. And you're like, well, what does that mean, because? And then the, the lady, remember her? She locked herself up in a tree up in Santa Clarita. I remember that. That was exciting. Right, there's something called 8billiontrees.com. How many trees are in the United States? Recently, recently, as of just one week ago, published a report. There are more than 3.1 trillion trees in the world. 3.1 trillion trees. I don't know how they counted. One, two, three... One trillion and one. What? What? Oh, I've got to start over. Thank you. You just interrupted me. Right? Can you imagine? <laughs> I was counting and like 1,000. Oh, gosh. Start over. Okay. The United States is reportedly somewhere in the number, in the, in the, uh, number of 228 billion. It's a huge portion. Fourth in the world, according to 8billiontrees.com. Why is this important? Because they offset any kind of carbon emissions. So you realize that before we had all of these extra trees and there was leaded gasoline, remember that in the 70s? Leaded, unleaded. Right? Remember the very inefficient, no smog filters and, and catalytic converters? All of those things are designed to lessen or even eliminate uh, emissions. So before that was the case, when all that stuff, and I was a kid in the 70s in the San Fernando Valley, and they said, uh, red flag alert, smog alert, you can't go outside. You see, these things matter because the next crisis, who are they going to tax and take money from? The actors, the billionaires, the millionaires, multimillionaires today, I guess. Million dollars is a lot of money, but 
Certainly not what it used to be. But are they going to take money from them? No. They don't really live in California anyway. Right? Their corporations are offshore. And I don't mean just offshore like in the ocean (laughs) somewhere. Their corporations are in Nevada, Arizona, Florida. They spend six months in a day there. They have a house here. They come here for, for work. Rich people write the rules. You understand that, not poor people. And rich people write the rules to benefit themselves, their friends, and their family. So when they say, yes, you should, you should tax Californians. Oh, yeah, let's go after them. Oh, you should tax Americans. Climate change, climate change, climate change, climate change. And when we realize that protecting trees becomes more of a priority in recent years, and, and I don't mean recent years as in two or three or five, I mean decades now, when they spend millions of dollars to pick up an old oak tree and move it 500 yards because they want to build a road there, is that a good use of money? I don't know. They, they stepped over six homeless human beings. They, they, they had to move six, 16 tents that were off to the side. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Excuse me. So that they could move a tree. Is it worth it? I, I don't know. I guess. I think you guys have to really understand this. The U.S. has 10% of the global forests, and it has more trees than it did 100 years ago, and even more trees than it did in the, in, uh, to, when Columbus discovered America. I was going to go back even further, the 15, 1600s, let's say. You understand that? 15, 1600s. There are more trees in the United States. This is important you understand this because they're going to try to take some more of your money. Fees, taxes. You don't understand. It's about the children. It's for the children. It's for the people. And as today's retirement crisis is hitting an all-time high, and here's what it means. You see, this year, more Americans are going to turn 65 than ever. Think of it like a pyramid. goes up and down. Now, not quite. There's some jagged edges on the side. But the baby boomer generation, if you go back 65 years, the baby boomer generation from 1946 to 1964, that's 65 years. So really 1958-ish was the peak. So in 1958, there were more Americans born in that 20-year window-ish, right? Right in that period of time. It was like a pyramid. It was up and then it started coming down. Why is that important? Because the 72, 76 million people that were born in that period of time from 1946 to 1964, and they're turning 65 years of age, and what do you get? Whether you want it or not, you have to pay for it. This is called Medicare. What kind of pressure do you think is going to be on Medicare? Everybody's talking about Social Security. You see, the government doesn't have a lockbox. It used to. It used to say, that's Social Security money. When Bill Clinton and Newt Gingrich said, oh, we're going to balance the budget, they lied. They know they lied. They still go on TV and say it, and they lied, and they know it. And I like Newt, but he's not dumb. He knows he's not telling the truth. He's just telling a talking point. They didn't balance the budget. They took money from Social Security. They replaced it with an IOU. 
Uh, see, we ba- we balanced the budget. Well, well, you didn't put the money back. So you're just paying interest on it. That's why it's going to run out in 10 years, uh, enough to pay for the whole amount. It just There just isn't enough. So as people start hitting age 65 this year, more and more, you're in the biggest group of Americans, the pressure on Medicare, the pressure on Social Security, there's always going to be a distraction. If it's not the Brazilian killer bees, if it's not global cooling, if it's not we're going to all die by the time, you know, 1970s, uh, four, I think, four or five Newsweek article, global cooling, shrinking the growing regions of the, uh, of the world. Icebergs all the way down through Minnesota. You're not going to be able to grow north of Colorado because they lie. There are some ignorant ones. You know, the grad students underneath there who just, uh, you know, parrot back what they're supposed to. Some of the PhD students got it. Okay. But if you have a calculator in 15 minutes and a brain and a little bit of time, you kind of realize that that's the left wing's motive. It's distraction, distraction, distraction. So as more Americans, the crisis that's looming, the largest number of Americans in history will reach 65 next year. That, that's happening. This is a big deal, guys, because who's going to pay for their Medicare? Right? Kids are in the gig economy. They're, they're working 1099. They're not putting money in through payroll. They're living on 60, 100, whatever, 1,000 a year, 60,000 a year. But by the time they write off everything, well, maybe they make 20,000. So Medicare is taxed at 20,000 of income, not the 60. That's why you should all have a small business. You should always have a small business. Right? I never want you to be somebody who just has a 1090, uh, a W-2 job. You need a small business. You need access to all the benefits that rich people have made for themselves or friends and their family. Even if you're retired, you always need to have a small business. There's reasons for it. I'll let you and your CPA or come on into my office. Let me give you my number again, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. You're always welcome to come in. We can discuss some ideas. Look, this is important. Our perspective as a firm is simple. I know you're going to need guaranteed income. I know you're going to need reliable retirement income. We can ladder. We can structure. It allows you to take bigger risks somewhere else. Right? If you wanted to start a small business, if you wanted to stand up against some of the craziness, if you wanted to get in front of the school boards and make your point, if you wanted to be somebody who volunteers or, or works part-time, you need income. Right? Sometimes I ask people in a group setting, I speak at a lot of uh, group settings, and I say, okay, how many of you would want a million dollars in cash right now or $10,000 a month for the rest of your life? Now, it's usually 10%, maybe 20% on a, on a weird day that will say, hey, I want the million dollars. Look, when I was in my 20s, maybe early 30s, I would have told you, give me the million bucks. I'll have it 2 million by the weekend, right? That's the arrogance of a young person. Until you get smacked around a little bit financially, you go, ooh, that was a mistake. Today, I'm saying, whoa, 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 wait. So $10,000 a month, whether I'm here, whether I'm there, 
whether I'm, I'm wanting to stand up and fight for one of my causes, whether I want to get up and make a difference in the community, you're telling me that I can go out and create a difference because my income is cared for? I don't have to worry about my income anymore? I, I like this. I, I think this is a pretty good idea. That's what we offer. All right, I want to give you this uh, some of your, your weapon weaponry again, right? Your verbal weaponry, your arguments. How many trees were there 100 years ago? About 70 million trees in the United States. Seven zero. Do you understand that? Let, let's back up again. There are seven zero million trees. Huh. And the, the scientists gave a comprehensive estimate of a number of trees in every country with the United States coming in fourth at 228 billion trees. All right, let me go back to this. Maybe I read this wrong. Huh. Let's take a look. A uh, hundred years ago, the U.S. had only about 70 million trees. Huh. 70 million, 280 billion. That's not a typo. You're not mishearing it. A very powerful. I love trees. I don't like them. I love them. I, I love fruit trees. I have a lot of them. Right? I have a mini little orchard in, in my backyard. I think it's awesome. It's amazing. But let's be clear on something. If you're telling me that trees offset the, the problems in the world, that, that we should be recycling and, and doing other things to, to protect that, then can, can we not take a victory lap and say, hey, you know what? We did it. It's great news. Why would they ever say, why would they never say, and we're done? Why does the left wing always have to have crisis after crisis? We conquered this, oh, can I say, quite a bit a long time ago? What, what is it, 40 times? Uh, I got to do that 400 times maybe. I, I don't know. The amount of trees, it's like night and day. But I promise you they're going to work on trying to, to get you to pay more money. All right, some more retirement strategies, things to watch out for when we come back on your place for news, talk, and information. I'm Eric Hallaby. This is the Total Financial Hour. Stay with me after the break. AM870, the answer. 888 retire That's me. We'll be right back. Strategy. I'll retire comfortably. Thanks to Arab Hallaby. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arab makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power. The total financial power. Learn about financial power. The total financial hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power. The total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about financial power. The total financial hour. Now Arab Halaby. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for staying with me. Arab Halaby, the total financial hour, your live show on your personal financial success. Look, it's about getting out of debt, managing money, but if you don't understand the overall political 
impact. So many times people say, oh, why does that matter to me? Oh, I'm not a political person. Uh, Do you have a pension? Social Security. Let me guess, you spend money every single day. Yes, you do. You see, whether you're two years old or 102, you touch money every single day. Now, maybe it's a debit card. Maybe it's online billing. Maybe it's a shiny penny. But you touch money every single day. Why is it in the best interest of the left wing for you to not understand how money works, not understand the integration between their policies, their rules, their feelings, it's about their feelings, and the impact that it makes to your bottom line. Because they care about your feelings. Sign here, give me more money. Sign here, give me... The left wing, and and listen, for some of you that are Democrat voters, I was one. 40, 35 years ago, I was one. Listen, it's important you understand this. You can change. You can you can leave. Nobody will call you a loser anymore. You understand that? It's important. You can change your mind. Because your party, the left wing, the Democrat party, the standard every day, I'm a, I'm a liberal with a little L. That's great. You don't belong in the Democrat party. You keep voting for them and you get transgender transsexuals, transvestites, dancing, men dressed as women, already a little bit weird, fine, do what you want in your own house, but weird to me, dancing on the laps and in the libraries of four, five, six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds. You are supporting that. How did you not think that that's that that's wrong. Uh, where in your mind do you say there must be something? Okay, I get it. I don't like greedy big corporations. Okay, fine. By the way, they're now all supporting the left wing of the Democrat Party, but that's another point. Oh, I don't like white people and bankers. Okay, that's fine. You're a racist. Uh, th- then vote for whomever you choose. But you understand that the, that the Democrat Party today, the quote, mainstream Democrat, oh, I don't agree with that, thinks that men should go into girls' bathrooms and, and locker rooms and a 17-year-old male should be changing in the same locker room as a 14-year-old girl. You tell me where that's okay. How is it that you men, if you have any testosterone left on the, on the Democrat side, how is it you don't, you're not up in arms with that protection gene. How are you not defending your daughters, your nieces, your granddaughters? How are you not, you know, metaphorically or even physically slapping the face of your young boy who says he's a girl and say, knock it off. We'll go see a psychiatrist, but son, you're not a girl. I can call you anything. I can call you Mickey Mouse. I can call you a kitty cat. I can call you whatever you want in our home, but don't expect society to think that you're supposed to be a kitty cat. That's ridiculous. You're mentally ill, son. It's okay. We will fix it. Deal with it. Treat it. But we're not going to tolerate it. You see, here's the big change that's happening. The trans kids that I've encountered and and seen on TV and uh, in in person and in my work as both a Los Angeles policeman, 27, almost 28 years as a financial professional. I've seen them. I've been around them. I get it. Almost always, it's a milk toast dad and a very strong 
man-hating female. You see, she hates men so much, but she had one. Right? God decides that as a female, you only can have a man and a woman, or a boy and a girl. Right? In other words, you give birth to one of two genders. That's it. And if you hate men, but you've now given birth to one, as a weak woman, as a, as a left-leaning woman, as a, as a man-hating woman, you're conflicted. I'm telling you my observations. So I see them. They hate him, but not my son. All of them are bad, but not my son. So how do you fix that? Well, you just push him and tell him he's really a girl. I've sat there and said, wow, you, you, you hate all men. Men are bad. Men are evil. Men are misogynist. Okay. Well, well you had one. You, you gave birth to one. You loved one. Oh, no, not anymore. Just my observations. Maybe it has nothing to do with it. Maybe it has something to do with it. But surprise, your tax dollars are going for all these silly advertisements, taking the U.S. military in that, whatever it's called, uh, I want to say it's an admiral, I'm not sure. The man dressed as a woman who looks ridiculous, embarrassing, and the Biden administration thinks that there's some sort of progressive. You realize the rest of the world laughs at the Biden administration. Laughs. In other words, there isn't any respect. Who do you think is going to fight back? That person? Who, who it's about negotiating and giving him a hug? I'm not talk, talking about gay and, and lesbian. Poor, poor gay and lesbian people, right? I didn't think I would feel sorry for a group of people that were so activists for so long. But today I do. Their entire cause, which has been ultimately in some cases legitimized, is now being hijacked. It's being hijacked. Right? Like the black community spent so long trying to to fight back against racists. They did. They've won many battles, rightfully so. And then other other folks come along and, and hijack the cause. Right? You see it. So, so listen, I don't know in the end what you people will put up with, right? You and I have to make a decision. You sit there and you let a school board pass a resolution that says it's okay for a man, a male, to go into a girl's locker room. How come you don't see women changing to be men and then those women that are changing to be men, why don't you see them winning in these sporting events? Right? The swimming, cycling. You don't see women pretending to be men win- winning. Why? Because it doesn't matter how much testosterone you give them. Their body structure, their strength, they're, they're just never going to... Listen, there's, there's crazy examples. Oh, but Serena Williams, listen... She can beat me six days from Tuesday with her left arm tied behind her back. I, I get it. I'm not a tennis player. I don't know if she would be the best player in the world. I don't know enough about it, but she's definitely amazing. And there's some female basketball players. Amazing. But when you take the group as a whole and you take women pretending to be men and you say, now go play on the hockey team, 
you've had two years of testosterone and two years of, of uh, therapy, of, of this genetic therapy. Okay, go. Oh, wait, you're going to get creamed, aren't you? But the men going to pretending to be women, they beat them all the time. Why is that the case? Because it has to be equal. If it's this reason here, then it's that reason there. If it isn't, then it isn't. Who's paying for that surgery? Who's paying for the social upheaval? Who's paying for the distraction? Instead of dealing with the homeless folks on the street where businesses are leaving, tax bases are leaving. If you expect a California pension and California is bleeding both jobs and middle-class people and they're going to other states all over, I think Tennessee is the new Texas, right? It just seems like, you know, three to one, everybody that's moving Three out of four times, it seems to be to Tennessee. The other one time could be Florida, Texas, Arizona, different places. But you're just getting this this exodus out of California. And they're not poor people that are leaving. They're people that can afford to go get their nails done, go to the the grocery store, uh, buy a second car, uh, go to a nice spa, right? Spend extra money. I don't mean food, shelter, clothing, but a little extra money. The people that can afford to leave, maybe they can't afford two houses like the actors on strike waiting on their yacht to hear the result of what the, pe- the, the people are going to vote. Put pressure. But the trans kids that I've encountered have always had a weak mom. Sorry, a weak dad. Strong mom, weak dad. Strong mom who hates men. Just my experience. I don't know why. That's the way it is. All right. Some of you were talking about the election, wanting it to change. I know I've got a lot of feedback on that, uh, hoping there's going to be some changes on the way we do our elections. This is important. You understand this. I've got the solution. And maybe I didn't think of it. I, I don't know where I heard it. I think I made up some of it. But so what? Take it. Any president, governor, it doesn't matter. You can steal my idea. I'll just sit in the corner and, and relax. It doesn't matter to me. Very simple. You have thumbprints on absentee ballots and a signature. You see, if we have thumbprints on absentee ballots, we have signature on absentee ballots. We have a photo ID for in-person voting, day of voting. You have to, you have to vote in person. Here's the deal. If you don't, well, you better have a reason and that's okay if you don't, but you better have a reason and you put your thumbprint. And when you come in and you sign your name uh, in person, you put your thumbprint. I'm a notary. I have to do your thumbprints if you come in to sign certain documents. I have to have an ID. You mean to tell me you could never sign an ID if you're, quote, uh, blacks and minorities and and, uh, the poor people, they don't have IDs. Are you kidding me? You're telling me every liquor store who sells cigarettes or alcohol is, is lying and cheating? You're telling me anytime somebody wants to cash a check, a government check, a paycheck, a personal check, go to a bank, anytime you're telling me to open up a bank account to use my ATM, my debit card, I had to have an ID. You have to. So why does the left wing not want you to have an ID? Have you thought about it? I know most of us, most of us know why. 
right? So many people voted for Joe Biden. Oh, my gosh. Millions. We must have electronic voting machines for everything. It's not that difficult. House of Cards showed you exactly how to do it. Ironically enough, it's just a handful of counties, six or eight or ten counties. Counties, not states. And inside of those counties, it's just a few precincts. That means areas inside of the county. And that county will tell you exactly how to do it. Now, some of you are saying, well, listen, Eric, I don't want them to have my thumbprint. Uh, This is a surprise notification. Most of you, when you got your driver's license, you had to give a thumbprint. Most of you, if you have a contractor's license, nursing license, uh, insurance license, um, cosmetology license. What else? Security guard. And almost every, oh, oh, nurse, uh, school teacher, nursery room teacher. Oh, volunteer at church. We had to get our fingerprints done to volunteer in the, in the, um, kids, the daycare, right? The nursery for the kids. Background checks done. Your fingerprints are already in the database, most likely, 90%. And if not, you know what? Vote in person. Show your ID. Maybe they won't accept your fingerprint. I, I don't know. But this is what happens. You see, if they get six absentee ballots, and those six absentee ballots have the same thumbprint on it, Guess who they get to prosecute? Surprise, they convicted themselves. That's an easy one. The bad guy actually did it for you. You now know exactly who to go after. So this is my idea. I I think it'll help. It doesn't matter to me who takes the idea. Then we can trust our elections again. Get rid of these electronic voting machines. Most of them are phony. Right? Fox had to pay $700 billion, million. So what? It's because they were cowards. They didn't want to fight it. Right? If you have the right attorneys who get to subpoena everything, you get to go deeper and deeper and you start bringing people to the the argument, to the discussion who say, listen, I voted for it. And this happened to me once. I voted and it kicked out the thing and it said the wrong names. And I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, you must have double clicked, said the lady. She came in, reset it. (laughs) I was like, but it was different than what I voted for. Oh, well, it it needed to be reset. Well, how many other people just did it and left? Right? We've seen this ballot harvesting. We've seen what they've done with some of the phony phoniness and, and uh, 2,000 mules. Dinesh D'Souza, I encourage you to see that show. 2,000 mules. I think it will help you understand that this is much bigger. Because that is the same way they're going to pass these rules that mean they get to charge more taxes on your homeowners. Uh, sorry, on your... Uh, um, property insurance, your property tax, your car insurance, your car registration. It's all going to come through that same phony electronic ballot. It's all going to come through the same compromised system. You see, when I say compromised, why is it that I have relatives that have one person living in an apartment or in a house, and they had, in some cases, a half a dozen to a dozen or more ballots show up. You're telling me that when you don't purge the databases, all the people that have lived there before, 
are going to still they just sent ballots out to everybody they sent out more ballots than they had people in the united in, in the state of california you realize that when they sent out absentee ballots because of covid covid they sent out more ballots than there were human beings that were eligible to vote in the state of california why is that you see because the next president needs to clean house they just do you want to retire you want to have a comfortable life you're going to have to get involved. You're going to have to hold signs, uh, walk the, the precincts. You're going to have to stand up for what you believe in and then get educated along the way. Right? Don't just parrot talking points. You, you need to know the why. You need to do the research. I just did it for you on trees. 70 million trees 100 years ago. Billions of trees today. It's called 8 billion, the number 8, right? The numeral 8, then the words billiontrees.com. Play with that, see what you see. It's it's the left-wing site, by the way. It's a conservationist site. They're bragging about it. Surprise, they just undermine their argument. Shh, don't tell them. The next president, governor, I don't know what we're going to do in this state for a long time until they clean that mess up. But the next president and governor is not just going to have to change the heads of the agencies. You realize they're going to have to literally go down four, five, six levels deep. And they have to move out people. Now, it's very difficult if somebody is a civil servant. I've heard that argument. Well, the appointed positions, director and assistant director. Got it. But if you completely eliminate Mass layoffs, and you can do this. You can pay them a severance. It's cheaper. Let them go away. Go get jobs in the private sector. Create something. Build something. Retire early. They do this all the time with corporations. There's no protection that, oh, because I got a city, county, state, federal job, I'm never going to be able to be fired. Even if I punch my boss, they just transfer me. Right? That's the way people act now. You actually have to produce something. You have to be valuable. You have to create more than you take. So I think they should eliminate, completely eliminate agencies. Cut them down by 50%. You know who proved this? Elon Musk. Twitter. Oh my gosh, Twitter. Twitter. I got a job for Twitter. Twitter's hiring. And then he goes in and fires 80% of the people. 80%. That's a big number. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Uh... That means in a whole office, there were 10 people working. Now there's only two of them. The rest of them are gone and two of them are still working. When you do that, okay, you send a message. The other two better be productive. They better stop uh, getting their their lunches and playing air hockey downstairs. Uh, Actually, you have to work. All right, one of our clients is in the... uh, See if I can say this without giving away who it is, but uh, in the software development space. Okay, so I go to his office. He's busy. I have to drop off some paperwork or pick something up. And he's got this entire warehouse, people sitting in these really eclectic desks and with chain link fences around is their cubicles, right? It's chain link fences because it's a little bit uh, rough around the edges. Fine, I got it. It's cool looking. But part of the warehouse was a basketball hoop. They had couches, they had video game uh, consoles set up. I'm like, what is, oh, it's because the people need 
Time to be creative. I said, are you kidding me? Do you pay them to shoot hoops? Oh, yeah. Do you pay them to? Yeah. Well, no wonder that generation wants to grow up and be fat, flabby, unproductive, no masculinity, no, no, no driven to produce, perform, outshine, succeed, strive. They just want to exist. Sit in a room, play video games. No wonder, because it's reinforced at their job site. You, you see it all over. Look, look at the old videos of Twitter. Hi, today's my day at Twitter. And she's showing around. She's got a little YouTube channel. And here's what we do. First, I go in and I get my little cafe frappuccino, free, by the way. And then I go over here and I check with my friends and I see what they're doing. Then I come over here and I sit and relax in this little room. And then at 10.30, it's time to do work. Up oh, noon, I go to the company cafeteria for food. I mean, you realize there's got to be money flowing around somewhere. Somebody somewhere is the dummy in the, in the story. Right? Somebody's the sucker. Who? I don't know. But something somewhere is not right. So Elon Musk comes in and exposes it. Oh my, did he expose it. If they can do that to private companies... You're telling me that agencies, I worked in the city of Los Angeles. When you say bloated and you look in the dictionary, bloated government agencies, worthless positions. I don't mean people are bad. They're good human beings. God created them. They have a soul. They love puppy dogs and volunteer. I get, I get it. But the positions, the job they do, you know it, people. We talked about it at lunch. You know how bloated and worthless some of these agencies are. So the president of the United States has the authority, the governor, the mayor of, of Los Angeles is, is feckless, nothing. So the president and the governor, the next person that comes in, cleans house, literally has to clean house. And you hold really tight reins. You see, Joe Biden, one of the things he did very, very well he didn't come in office and then commission a study like George W. Bush. We're going to commission a study. We're going to think about thinking. And then we're going to plan for our next planning meeting. That was what George W. Bush did. He didn't get a lot done. And then 9-11 hit. And his whole, he became a wartime president very quickly. But what Joe Biden did, boy, he understood a couple things. What did he do? Very simply, week number one, day number one, boom, started writing, signing things. Day number two, within three months, sweeping through the system. We're going to undo what President Trump did. Surprise, how'd that work out? You see, you have to have a protection. Protection of your principal, protection of your family. You're going to have to have protection of your, of your masculinity on your sons. Some of you have ex-wives. I've heard the stories and I feel so, so much sympathy for you. Because it's like one step forward, two steps back. She undoes what you try to push for your boys. I get it. The only thing I can say is expose them to the decency. Expose them to the solid organization of what a man is supposed to be like and provide and stand up in front of the train. Protect his family. That's what he's supposed to do. Provide. That's the deal. All right, we'll continue. I have your emails when we come back. I'm Arif Halby. 
The Total Financial Hour, AM870, The Answer. 888-99-RETIRE, that's 888-997-3847. I'm Arif Hallaby. Stay with me after the break. Arif at TFSWealth.com. Grab your pen and paper. I'll get it to you one more time. Your emails when we come right back. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arif makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy, learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arab has a plan for Hey, welcome back. Thanks for staying with Arab Halaby. Total Financial Show, your place for new talking information. AM870, the answer. Hey, listen, uh, I want to give you the phone number again, 888-997-3847. That goes to the office directly. Uh, I give that to you for a couple of reasons. One, I want you to be able to reach out. If you have a question, maybe I can help you full-time uh, come into my office, right? right. People uh, do Zoom. Sometimes you folks feel like a phone call is unnecessary. We can do that. It's not a problem. Our objective is to give you a chance to see if we can help to get a second opinion. I did that just this week on, uh, in fact, I worked yesterday, Saturday. I helped somebody with a second opinion on his particular case. It happens. We reach out. Sometimes I can help. Sometimes you're in a great position once or twice a week, right? I, I see, I don't know, maybe uh, probably 30 to, to 40 people a week, something like that. Sometimes, again, phone calls or Zoom meetings. And about two or three times, once, twice, three. Hey, listen, you got a great policy. You've got a great account. You've got a great plan. I wouldn't change a thing. It's nice to have that reaffirmation, isn't it? To have somebody other than the person who has a conflict of interest tell you, hey, you probably have a pretty good account here. So that's what we do. Sometimes we only work with part of it. I say, this one is fine, but this one I would change. This does exactly what you want it to do. This one is counterproductive to your goals and your dreams. So it's nice to have that second opinion, that, that other set of eyes on it. I wanted to touch base something with you uh, again before I get into this next email because I think you need to have an understanding of, of what's going on. We're going to start to see more of this. You know, recently that uh, man from Long Island, the serial killer, that was just came out this week. They arrested him killing a lot of people. Who knows? It could be dozens before they're all done. Normal, everyday guy. In fact, uh, one of the interesting fun facts, if you will, he went to school with the Baldwin brothers, Billy Baldwin, uh, the the whole Baldwin clan, right? Including the far lefty <laughs> that we're not a super fan of. But uh, yeah, friends with the whole Baldwin brothers, at least in high school. Billy Baldwin is the uh, man who became a believer, became a Christian, turned his life around, Pretty exciting to think about that, that it could happen, especially to such a prominent family and, and uh, they step out. But that being said, how did they catch him? And what is happening now going forward? Well, a lot of these killers and these murderers and these rapists, these, these are real bad guys. 
they never thought that we'd, we would have the kind of DNA sampling system we have today. So when you go out and you do 23andMe or you do Ancestry.com, that information goes into the database. They provide it to the federal state government. Now, sometimes they say, we don't give anything to the federal government. They don't. They give it to a, an investigator who gives it to another party who gives it to another party who gives it to the federal government or the state government or the, the crime lab. So I'll give you an example. When I was a Los Angeles policeman in 1990, we were arresting uh, real bad guys that were gang members. MS-13 existed back then in 1990. And we would do these big task force and they would have LAPD, probation, parole, DEA, the FBI, uh, ICE, immigration. Okay, we, we would have all of these groups together. Big meetings, just like you see in the movies. People wearing their little raid jackets. And I was part of the tip of the spear. In other words, my job was to go out and hunt and find them. And then when we found them, if they met criteria, we would arrest them. If they did something wrong, we'd arrest them. You're on parole? Yes, I am. Got it. Come with me. But we were never allowed to give that person over to immigration because the city of Los Angeles says we don't do that. We do not share our custody with immigration. But guess, guess what? Shh, don't tell anybody. Just you and I, right? So here's what we did. I had my handcuffs on the bad guy. I mean, this is a really bad guy. But for politics, you have to do this in a, in a funny game. So the guy was on probation, let's say, or parole, whatever, probation. So probation comes over with their handcuffs. Click, click, mine come off. Click, click. Out of my custody, LAPD has now handed them over to probation. We're all in a circle, 10 feet away. Okay, Bad guy, two steps to your right. Now immigration. Click, click. Off comes parole or probation or the FBI, whatever it might be. And off they go to immigration. We never gave them to immigration. We gave them to parole or probation or the FBI or the DEA. You understand? There's no courage there. there there's no principle. The left wing, the Tom Bradley of the day back then, was a coward besides being corrupt today we know by the way you, you should know this la times had a very very small article after he died so they could check a box and say see we were fair how tom bradley very important let's follow along 1972 he took money from where goodyear tire and chevron so that he wouldn't build the public transit system subways etc he would delay it all Today, we know that. We know he took money. That's how a mayor, making just a few dollars more than he did as a police officer, became a multi-multi-millionaire. How? Well, he took money. The Biden, the Clinton playbook, they got it. They did it. That's just a, a side note, by the way. My point is, when you play this game of, I didn't do it, I passed it on to them, and my eyes were closed with my hands above my fingers. Listen, Ancestry, 23andMe, there is no other place right now in the United States that is collecting DNA samples at record number rates, record rates. Now you might say, but hey, listen, I don't care. I'm not a bad guy. It doesn't matter to me. 
No, no, no. If there's a close enough hit, they go, oh, okay, Arif's a good guy. And here's, here's his lineage. But there's a, a tiny bit of a hit on his mother's side. And it's uh, a male. We're looking for a male between the ages of this and this. With dark hair, blue eyes. Looks like that. That's it. They narrowed the entire world, billions of people, down to one person and his relatives. And when you crisscross and you say, well, there's a niece, looks like it's probably a a niece or a nephew, right? You just kind of keep tracking and tracking. You pull up the database. You go to the Department of Motor Vehicles. You pull up that voter record. You pull up that background checks, DMV car registrations, just normal detective work. That's why these guys that committed all these crimes, some of them are in prison now. So when they go to jail, right, they think that they're only going to go to jail for for a petty crime of some sort or a small beef that they'll go to jail for two years. It's not the way it's going to be. These guys will go to jail for a very long time because while they're in prison, surprise, if it's a felony, guess what they do to their DNA? Yep, they take it. It's just that the labs are forever and a day behind the scenes, right? They take forever to get through. But if you're arrested for urinating in public, I mean, really some some very basic, but they call these things sex crimes or sex-related crime. boom, they grab your data. Your DNA is part of the record. And so the difference is, even though you're in jail for, for something, a gun charge maybe, or, or stealing or something, they could pull your DNA, mix match it with somebody else's. By the time you're done, surprise, they found out what you did in 1979. They found out what you did on a dead body where there's no witnesses, but there's DNA evidence. So some scary stuff there, okay? So keep that in mind. Uh, listen, I'm okay. I want bad guys to go to jail forever. I think that's even a kind uh sentence, if you will. So there are some things that that we should be doing in our justice system. But I just think you should know that on the DNA. That's how they caught this Long Island murderer, right? This guy who uh, was 60 years old, seemingly a nice person, father, husband, good working man. Up, surprise. Somebody somewhere in his relative database did the DNA test. 23andMe probably. So, interesting. All right, here's your emails. I want to give you this. Uh, this is important. I think this is uh, more common than not. This is from Joe and Paula. Dear Arif, my husband is 61 and I'm 62. Everything was fine in our lives up till about four months ago. We were both still working part-time and making enough money to live and to save each month. We went on vacation to a place that required a large quantity of vaccines to be taken by both of us. After about two months, my husband became near paralyzed. He had Guillain-Barre syndrome. I'm going to pause for a minute. Folks, I know at least three people that this occurred to is Guillain-Barre or, or some iteration of it, right? Sometimes it's slightly different, but that's what, that's what they're getting is, is this paralysis that nobody understands where it came from. And it's progressive. It gets worse and worse throughout the days and and weeks. And in this case, okay. After returning about two months, my husband became near paralyzed. He had Guillain-Barre syndrome. He needed near 24-hour care at the beginning. 
And I'm concerned now that my health, uh, about my health, as I was working only part-time in order to care for him near full-time. Question, is it too late to get long-term care insurance for him? I won't even wait till the end of the email, but yes. It's like crashing your car while you're waiting for the police arrive to arrive. You meet with your uh, auto insurance carrier and say, hey, I want to increase my coverage. It's too late. The house is on fire. Y- you can't get fire insurance, right? That's the whole purpose of insurance is the just in case, not the for sure thing that it happened. So yes, you can't get long-term care insurance. Okay. Uh, for him, for sure. Maybe for you. Okay, here's her question. How about myself? Yeah, you could get it for yourself still, provided you know you meet the, the criteria. Continuing, we currently have money saved and IRAs in our current company retirement plan. Is there a way to have any of those pay for our long-term care plans for us or for him? Soon I will be returning to work and be, should be able to pay enough to at least pay our bills and save a little bit each month. My husband is getting better and we hope soon we'll be able to work part-time. This came out of nowhere and was a complete shock to both of us and to our finances. We had planned to work another five years or so and save an enormous amount of money over that time. Our house is paid off, our kids were grown, and both of us recently received large pay increases. Our current total retirement plan savings is about $580,000, with about 400000 being just under his name alone. Can you help? Okay, guys, so here's what we have. Husband is 61, wife is 62. He was diagnosed with Guillain-Barre, which is very debilitating, almost like paralysis. I have seen people come back sometimes a lot, sometimes not at all. I have seen people be able to soon drive again. Sometimes they can't move for months and months on end. It's, it's a very weird, unknown. But every person that I know of that has it, and I know of three, and they know of others, it's come from these heavy doses of vaccines. I'm not sure why. I don't know if it if it causes the body to hyperreact, right? When you're going on these safaris to Africa, you got to take a whole bunch of vaccines. She didn't indicate that's where they went, but I, I know that with a person, a friend of mine, uh, it's what happened. And then something exacerbates it. You get an injury or an illness or another virus kicks in, and your body starts hyper-producing and hyper-reacting, and maybe that's where it comes from. I I don't know enough about it. But the point is, for her, long-term care is not going to happen for her husband because he's he's already in the middle of it. It's a shame, but that's the way it works. For her, yes, what I would do is consider a hybrid life insurance policy. Here's why. If she passes away, he's going to probably lose everything. So we need a half a million, maybe even a million dollar life insurance policy on her so that he could continue to have care, not lose the house because of property taxes, be able to bring in a a caregiver. I just had a client this week, $7,000 a month for a caregiver to come in part-time and help out uh, with his wife. So these are some real issues that cost real money. So that's what I would look at. I would have Paula, maybe a a million-dollar life insurance policy just in case. Now let's go over something. This is sometimes missed by a lot of financial guys and gals. Okay, It's missed, and here's what it is. His retirement plan 
can be put into an account that gives an accelerated benefit, meaning double the amount of money. So instead of $2,000 a month in long-term in, in income, like retirement income, okay, instead of two, it can make it four. So we are able to get an increase. Now, we may not get to the full amount that you need, but it's certainly a lot closer, isn't it? Three or 4,000 extra a month Two or three thousand extra a month is a lot better than nothing. And the key, Paula, is that caregivers, the amount of stress that a caregiver feels when they're caring for a loved one, it's it's there, there's a reason that a lot of caregivers pass away before the people that they care for. Because they do such a great job, but they carry all the stress and the burden. Today we understand that that there's a break that's needed, there's time that's needed some time to go away, even work part-time, come home, give, uh, you know, ha- have somebody there with you, give yourself a break, right? It's hard when you don't see your spouse anymore as the provider, the caregiver, the, the caretaker, if you will, for you. And you see them as a child or a patient, right? I don't mean you don't love them or you don't care for them. My point is you take a different role. And so my experience has been that if you are a caregiver, you need to have regular time away. You need to have a good job of supervising those that care for them, whose job it is to care for them in, in an honest and hardworking way. But you need to have you know, a plan B. So here's what I would do. The 400000 I'd probably put it in a couple of different places. And if you need the money now, now it sounds like if he's getting a little bit better to work part-time, I like that. Part-time work really helps because it, like anybody that's injured, when I got injured, right? When I was injured on the police department, the reason I had to retire after about 11 years on the job is simple, right? Three back surgeries, three knee surgeries. Finally, they said, you just can't be a policeman anymore. Well, if all you do is sit at home and watch TV and eat chips, play on the video games, whatever people do these days, play on the computer, nothing good happens to your life. Nothing. You find out what you can still do. Garden, teach, write. I don't know. And you do it. Right? You find out what you can still do. It's what I did. I said, wait a second, because in the middle of all that, guys, just so you know, I got scammed. I got ripped off and they took all my money, three different scams over the course of about a year in the middle of all my recovery, I got ripped off and they stole everything. I had to start over. That was exciting, right? You're like, wait, most of my money, nearly all my money is gone and and I'm a a disabled guy sitting at home. I think one of the things I'm going to do is go back to school. I got to figure this out. And I had, I think two kids at the time. I don't think I had my third one yet. And I had to look in the mirror and you go, okay, who's going to provide for my family? And you look left and right and you go, I guess it's me. Right. If you're blessed enough to look over your shoulder and you see an amazing woman like I did, my wife, and you say, okay, she's still supporting me 100%. Stand at the front, keep away the wolves, provide for the family. Best you can, any way you can. And I'm proud of you, Joe, for, for going back to work part-time. If that's the best you can do, then you do the best you can. You don't try. I, I, I really dislike it. I'm going to try. No, no, you're not. You're going to do. 
And if your do isn't good enough, then you go do something else. Right? If I say I'm going to try to to go uh, against the WNBA in basketball, it doesn't matter that nobody watches them. It doesn't matter that they are horrible when it comes to the men. They will kick my fanny from here to Tuesday. So it doesn't matter how hard I try. I'm a 55-year-old guy. I'm never going to be good enough to go against the WNBA. It's just not going to happen. Right? So some areas you're going to think you're going to try, it's not your skill set. It's not your gift. Right? A five foot seven guy, five foot eight on a good day, I have zero hope in the basketball world. So even if I enjoy basketball, even if, if I like watching it or enjoy the stats and all the other stuff, it doesn't mean I could ever play it. So find out what you're good at. Learn to be great at it. Joe, this is amazing because you have time. But I want you guys to also do this. Take a look at what Social Security Disability might pay you. Because you're 61, I don't know when you turn 62. But in any case, you might be eligible for the long-term disability through Social Security. Now, I hesit- it's a double-edged sword. Why? Because I want you to have the extra funds. That's nice. But I don't want you to sit around and say, well, I, I want to work more, but if I do, it affects my disability. Right now, you become a prisoner. And, and I don't like the prisoner world. Some people have to. Some people choose it as an easy way out. So if you're somebody that can work more, then you do. Don't take the disability. If you can't, well, then you take, you take it. If, if that's what you have to do to provide for your family. All right, next. Paula, I want you to have some of, uh, I need you to have a long, that life insurance plan, but it does come with a long-term care provision. It's kind of a hybrid plan, and it acts like a long-term care plan. Why that matters is because that could provide you a benefit if something happens to you. Because remember, as a caregiver, you're pretty likely to suffer something because of the extra stress. Sometimes it's passing away. Sometimes it's your own injury. So we have to protect you. We can do that while you're still healthy. Remember, the house isn't on fire yet. I can get in and make some changes and maybe help out a little bit. But here's another question I thought of. Joe, have you ever been in the military? If you were in the military, there's something called aid and attendance pension. You may not be eligible for it at this minute. But I want you to keep it on the back burner. And some of you might be eligible for it. See, the military says if you served at least 90 days with one day being an act of war or conflict, and there's a time frame, right? It goes back all the way to the Revolutionary War. Probably none of those folks still alive, but it goes back to the Gulf War or the Vietnam War. If you served during one day of that, it didn't matter if you were stateside, if you were in an, in an armory in, in San Diego or the Fort something or other in Kansas. It doesn't matter. You never had to be overseas or in theater. But if you served 90 days with one day being there and you had an honorable discharge, there are some benefits that you might be eligible for. Okay? If that's you, you can look up veteran aid and attendance pension. There's some qualifications as far as financially goes, but I just took care of the eligibility. The qualifications, now there's some financial limitations there. And maybe at this point you may not be eligible, but it doesn't matter. Soon you might be. So we have to think about that. All right, so consider that. 
If you were ever in the military, same thing goes for you, Paula, by the way, because it, it's spouse. It's not just the primary person, but you and or your spouse. Okay, that's important. All right, I want you to also think about this. When you're sitting around trying to figure out what is it going to take for you to financially uh, create a long-term plan for you, you, you have to look to say, am I somebody who needs the money now? If I don't need the money now, then do I want to turn this income on? Do I want to start receiving any money out of my retirement, start Social Security, or is it better to wait? So if you think Joe is going to be eligible for, for Social Security disability, then let's see the consequences. But what I'd like you to do between you and, and Paula, Joe and Paula, it's this. The lower of the two Social Security checks, regardless, the lower of the two, I want you to start that at age 62 if that person is no longer working or employed full time. Now, if that person is working, then we're going to wait. But statistically speaking, if you just think traditionally anyway, if the wife has a lower Social Security at age 62, she's working part-time, less than about 20000 a year in income, we turn her Social Security on at 62. His, we wait until age 70 or as darn close to it as possible. Because when one of you passes away, we lose the lower of the two Social Security checks. Now, I don't know the life expectancy of Guillain-Barre, if it changes a lot or a little, I'm not sure about that. But if, for example, Paula... You retire, you turn on Social Security, you care for Joe, and then, God forbid, but a year or two or three later, he passes away. You're now unemployed, out of touch with whatever direction your industry has gone, collecting the lower of the two Social Security checks, because now uh, you have to turn yours on at a lower number. I, I think we got to be careful. Okay, so we got to think a little bit further ahead of the game as opposed to reactionary. When we come back, I'll continue. I want to finish up with this. There's a couple other things with that email I want to cover. I'm Eric Hallaby. Stay with me after the break. We'll continue with Joe and Paula's email. We come right back. Triple eight ninety nine retire. We'll be right back. Thanks to Arab Hallaby. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arab makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power. The total financial hour. Learn about financial Security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial Hey, welcome back. Power, Thanks for being part of the show. I'm Arab Halabi, the total financial hour. You can send me an email at Arif at tfswealth.com. Arif at tfswealth.com. And a quick recap, Joe and Paula sent an email. Uh, Joe has Guillain-Barre after taking uh, quite a few vaccines in order to, to travel on a trip. Uh, a few months after he returns, a couple months after he returns, uh, he became near paralyzed with Guillain-Barre, 24-hour care. He's getting better. So what do we do with their retirement accounts? What do we do 
to make sure that she is cared for since we cannot get long-term care for him anymore. He's passed the qualification or the eligibility because of his health. However, she can be eligible for maybe a hybrid plan using a life insurance policy that also has a long-term care just in case she passes away because the pressure, the stress on a caregiver is great, greater than sometimes the person being cared for. So the life expectancy is reduced. And if he, if she passes away, who's going to care for him? So I would say a half a million, maybe a million dollar policy pretty inexpensively uh, can be managed where, in other words, where we're getting both long-term care type benefits as well as life insurance. All right. So here's why, our, why I want to continue with this instead of start with the new email in just a second. I will go, go to the new one, but this is an important part of it. So if she made a mistake or if, or if it wasn't a mistake, but she started Social Security early for her saying, well, gosh, we need the income coming in. I've got to care for my husband. Maybe he started Social Security. Maybe he didn't. You have one year to repay Social Security. In other words, you get a mulligan. You can do a do-over once with Social Security. So let's say you, you're thinking, uh-oh, this is pretty serious. I'm 62, 3, 4, 5. I was going to wait till age 70 to start Social Security, but instead, I'm going to start my Social Security now. And you do. But then he starts getting better. He's, he's doing okay. Your employer has some accommodations. You can work from home. You can, a, a caregiver, somebody wants to help, somebody can help. And you say, well, you know what? I, I can go back to work. As long as you, as long as it's less than one year, you can pay back all of that Social Security and get a do-over. As if you never took it out, now you continue to, it continues to increase while it's still deferred, it grows and grows and grows until age 70. I think that's a perfect way to say, well, listen, if I need it to live on, we're going to live on it because that's what we're going to do. We're going to take care of each other. But just in case, if four months from now, eight months from now, he can go back to work, maybe I don't need it. Maybe I get to go back to work. And if I do, well, then I want to let my Social Security simmer, continue to grow, percolate and grow till I'm closer to 70 years of age. Okay, so I just wanted to, to bring that up, that, that one-year window of time that you can say, sorry, I want to do over. You just have to pay it back. You walk into Social Security office, uh, the office, and you tell them, hey, listen, by the way, guys, I want to pay this all back. All right. Okay, here's another email, and uh, this is important because I, I think for a lot of you, this has been the way... Uh, life is gone. Okay. This is normal for those of us in our fifties, forties, even, but mostly fifties, even in early sixties. And this is what's happened. All right. Dear Arif, my husband has changed jobs four years ago and he left his retirement account there with his employer, with his old employer. He is now 56 years old and plans to work another 10, maybe 12 years. He loves his current employer, loves his job. But he has lost about twenty thousand dollars in his in the last couple of years in his old employer plan. I have a pension that begins in six years when I'm sixty years old, but my social security will be oh, and at, at the age of seventy, my social security will be three thousand dollars a month. My husband's social security at age seventy will be twenty nine hundred dollars a month. So at the age of sixty seven, we might start. Uh, sorry, let me back up. At the age of 67, we should have over $5,500 a month. $5,500 a month at age 67. Here's my question. 
Okay, where is it? There it is. My question is about his old retirement account at his old employer. Can we move it and stop the bleeding? That's my point, guys. That's the part I wanted you to, to bring up. Can we move it and stop the bleeding? Continuing. I want to make sure that we have a plan to have extra income in case we need to pay for health care or just extra money because of inflation. I also have an old retirement plan that I put into a money market plan because I was afraid of the market going down as well. I'm not making any interest, but at least I did not lose. All right, let me recap a little bit. It was a little choppy the way I read it because I, I wanted to leave out some, some of the extra spots here. But think about this. He changed jobs four years ago. He's now 56. So he's not 59 and a half. Can we move the old retirement plan? Yes, we can. It's a sideways move. It goes from company to company. You're not going to take possession of it. You cannot do a 60-day rollover. If you know those terms, great. If you don't, just disregard this for a moment. You cannot do a 60, 60-day rollover with a company retirement plan. You can only do that with an individual retirement plan. How do I know this? Because people have made mistakes and incurred an enormous amount of taxes. I don't want you to do that. All right? It's a sideways move. I can take it from your employer, move it to your personal account. Simple, simple, sideways, sideways. My husband has changed jobs four years ago. That means it's been sitting there for four years, which also means this has happened. You see, when an employer, when you are part of the team, the employer pays the fees, a big part of the fees with your current retirement plan. If you're working, your employer pays the fees. When you separate from service, but you're still part of the plan, in many cases, the employer does not pay a majority, all sometimes, of the fees. That means the fees are paid in, by you, and sometimes they're pretty high. You don't know it. I mean, it's hard to see it. You've got to look. But most people don't. So when you lost $20,000 in the last couple of years, that's going the wrong direction. So here's what I would do. I would pick it up, move it over to his own IRA. We have 10 to 12 years, so he's going to be at least... 66, maybe 68 years old before he's going to need it, 69. Easy, piece of cake, sideways move, no taxes, no penalty, no fee. The other thing that's important is this. If her account, if the job of your account, right, is to do what? By the way, her name is Jenna. Simple, Jenna. If the job of your account is to provide income for you, and your husband? Well, guess what? We fix. We find a fixed index annuity with a great income. Ready for this? No fees. You don't have to pay a fee for an income rider. It's crazy to me. You can get a really good, even the best account without having to pay a monthly or a quarterly or an annual fee. So here's what I mean by that. I need you to pay attention. Fixed indexed annuities, some of them have fees. You don't need to pay them. You don't have to. You can get out of those accounts. You should never be into them for most people. Maybe some. Maybe it's the right fit for some. But they're going to cap your return anyway. You're going to make between 0 and 12 or 15%, maybe 18 on the high end. Let's just say 15. So, so in other words, if the cap, the most you're going to make is 15%, just know that you're going to make between 0, 15, 0 to 15, sometimes 2, 6, 9, 4, 3, 10. 
But if the market does 12, you might make 12. If it does 15, you could make 15. But if it does 20, 30, 40, 50, you're not going to make that. But if you were in the market, you could. If you were at risk, you could. You could hit that home run all day long. Not with us. So that's a trade-off. But if you were working, right, Jenna, it looks like you got a new job as well. So you have a plan that you work that, that you're putting money into. I want you to do this. The plan that you're putting money into, and the same thing with your husband's new plan. Because if you have five or more employees in the state of California, you have to have a plan. You have to have a retirement plan. If there are more than five employees, five or more rather, and you work in the state of California, your employer is in the state, you have to have a retirement plan. So here's what I would do. You want to have some stock market at risk? That's where you go. Because then you do something called dollar cost average. You're buying when it's high, buying when it's low, buying when it's high, buying when it's low. So when it's low, you're accumulating a lot of shares. You're accumulating part of your wealth because, again, we have 10 or 12 years. But if it's your old retirement account and you're not taking advantage of when the market's down by buying, you're just going, we're rich, we're poor, we made it, we lost it, we're up, we're down. The hardest part is when men, I just say, because that's usually what it is, you look at your account and when it's up, you think you did something. Uh, look at me, we're, I'm up 27%. Look, oh, I bought Tesla at $1 a share and now look at it. Oh, 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 oh. You think you did something. You didn't do anything. If you were that smart, why didn't you buy 10 of them? Right? Why didn't you buy why didn't you buy everything? Because we didn't know. We didn't do it on purpose. We're not we're not on purpose rich. We're accidentally rich many people. Oh, I bought a house for 210,000. It's worth 1.6 million. Well, that's fine, but you didn't do anything. You just paid the payment. Right? It didn't go up because of your actions. That's my point. All right. So I want you to start shifting the mindset instead of closing your eyes and bobbing in the ocean. And if you showed up in a great place, surprise, look at you. If you didn't, well, it's not my fault. You just point in both directions. They went that away. It's those people. The market, Biden, Trump, inflation, China. Right? When something's wrong, we blame everybody else. When something's right, we look in the mirror and say... Well, you know, I bought a rental property that used to be where we lived. And I go, well, what formula did you use? Well, uh, nothing. Well, really, I inherited the property. So you didn't even do anything. You just kind of were born to that family. My point is, I want you to think about being actively moving in the right direction, managing your wealth. You cannot rely on just showing up, not punching your boss, taking your two weeks vacation and 32 years later, a gold watch and a pension. You can't rely on that anymore because pensions are going in through, through failure at a rapid rate. That's important. It doesn't matter the company or the union. Pensions have to course correct, right? You, you thought it was about social security. Well, 10 years from now, social security is out of money to pay a hundred percent of its benefits does not exist one year from now. Uh, 10 years, rather, 10 years from now, 2033. So if you plan on saying, well, I'm just going to show up, I have a pension or I have social security or both, there's going to be some discounts to it. So we have to be a bit more proactive. 
Okay, Jenna has a pension that begins in six years when she's 60 years old. I like that. That's important. I would probably start that pension at 60 years old. If you don't need the money to live on, you just increase by the pension amount. So let's say the pension is $2,000 a month. We just increase the contribution to both of your retirement plans because you're married filing jointly, you increase the contribution by 2000 a month, meaning it comes in the front door from the pension, goes out the back door into your retirement account. So your taxes are net neutral. But you're shifting money from whatever pension organization is supposed to pay you from their pocket into your pocket. Move it, move it, move it. Left, right, left, right. Keep coming in, going out. Your taxable event will be neutral. You'll be shifting over into your net worth. Your balance sheet, your wealth will be growing on this side. We take the old retirement accounts that you have, get it out of the market since there's no benefit with the dollar cost averaging rules, right? We just go rich, poor, up, down, up, down. But by the way, you pay a fee, pay a fee, 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 fee up, fee down, right? Paying a fee no matter what. See, people don't realize your retirement accounts always make your brokers wealthy. Wall Street never loses. If you are in the market, for them to make a living, your money has to be at risk of loss. Now, you also get all of the gain if it goes up. But when it goes down, you're the one taking the risk. Your broker never takes a risk. You're the one who worked for the money. You take a risk. He or she never loses. No wonder they're mad when you try to move your money out. No wonder they're mad when you say, why don't you sell it and go to the cash account or the money market or stable value, right? When you get out of risk and you go into the, the, the interest only account inside of your, your retirement account, eh, they can't charge a fee because it's not at risk of being lost. Interesting, isn't it? Why didn't they ever tell you that? Huh? I don't know. Call me silly. Why is it that Wall Street never loses? You see, because you're the one that worked for the money. And every financial professional, let me be clear on this. This is rather simple to figure out, Jenna. You guys have a great plan. You can work through this. I love it. I would just make sure that you know, you're, you're getting out of debt, bad debt at least. I don't like bad debt. I don't mind good debt. I, d- I dislike bad debt. But make sure that your debt is getting handled Make sure we we settle the idea of uh, kind of this regular health care. What if you want to retire early? What if you want to retire prior to 65? What if, right? Okay, fine. We have an account set aside for your medical payments. We have an account set aside for your, your income uh, in case you need extra money in retirement before Social Security begins. Because at age 70, you don't make any more money. But the moment one of you stops working, the lower of the two social security checks, I want you to start that for income. The rest I take from your retirement accounts. The rest, we turn on your income stream. That's the key, is to build wealth, to have choices and options. Because as I was saying, look, part of this challenge, if you will, as we go through this part of life, it, it, I always, you always hear me say purpose, have a purpose, have a purpose. Retire, have somebody that's counting on you to show up, to be there. 
Well, one of the things you can do during this journey is to figure out where it is that you matter. Kids, volunteer work, part-time. Today's retirement is different. You know, today's retirement is not just about sitting in a, in a hole, right, in a rocking chair on the porch waiting to die. Having somebody come by, have coffee with you, give a few sentences of wisdom, and off they go into the sunset again until the next person shows up. You have to be a bit more proactive, and you have to stay up on top of, it, of technology, which is my least favorite thing, by the way. But you have to, so that you're not left behind. Some of you say, oh, Arif, I don't have an email address. Oh, Arif, I, I, don't ha- I have a flip phone. I understand that. If you're expecting to pass in the next year or two or three, fine. But the amount of impact you can have in the people around you, the people, the amount of impact they can have with you, the difference that you can make in the world, the world has changed. I'm sorry, I wish it was as simple. Maybe it is in in the plains of Missouri, a porch in Iowa. Okay, maybe that's what it is. But if you think Wall Street has your best interest at heart, and I think most of you are wise enough to know that. They just don't. Why do you think they've created this plan? Because in your retirement accounts, you're not allowed to write off the losses. Did you know that? You see, if rich, rich man or, or woman over here, if they put their money in the stock market, but it's not underneath a retirement account and there's a loss, they can write it off. But if you put money in your retirement account in the stock market, it pushes their share price higher. So in other words, you're buying and buying and buying and it goes into the market. It pushes the wealthy, it pushes their portfolio higher because there's more buying. It's a supply and demand. So as you're pushing the market higher, their wealth increases. But when they sell their stock, bond, mutual fund, ETF, whatever, when they sell it one year and a day later, they pay the lowest tax rate possible called capital gains sometimes even zero taxes. You own the same stock bond mutual fund ETF inside of your 401k or IRA at Morgan Merrill Schwab, whatever, right? You own it there and it starts to go up, 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 up. And now you sell it five, 10, 20 years later, but it's underneath that retirement account. Surprise, you pay the highest tax rate possible. So of course they want you to put money in your retirement account. Of course, they want you to keep money in your retirement account, in the stock market. We don't think that's a place to put money that you want guaranteed, protected, has to be there, no risk, can't take any chances. That's not the place that I would put money that has to be there just in case, just not. Now, if you say, but that's okay, Arif, I'm willing to take a risk with some of it. All right, I'm glad. You can do that. Some people do. Arif, I own Disney stock since I was four. Got it. Put it in there. Keep it. Just know what it is, right? Just know what you have. And if you're going to keep it inside of, the, of a retirement account, know the limitations, which means you cannot deduct the fees on your taxes, right? I'm not a CPA. You're going to always check with your tax preparer, or your CPA, but, but ask them, can I write off the losses inside of my retirement account? They'll tell you no. Can I write off, can I deduct the fees that I pay inside of my retirement account? They're going to tell you no. 
When you say, well, I have a beneficiary on my retirement account, so if I pass away, my kids are going to receive it. Okay, yep, that's right, yep, uh, beneficiary, got it, yep. Oh, wait, your kids have to pay what taxes? The highest tax rate possible called income tax when they receive and inherit your retirement account. But wait a second. If the rich person over here has the same stock bond mutual fund portfolio, exactly the same, a million dollars, they put in, oh, let's just say 200000 over the years, and it's worth a million. And their kids, good kids or not, spoiled or not, their kids decide or, or, or uh, begin to inherit the money. Dad or mom pass away both. It now goes to the children. They put in 200000 it's worth a million. You put in 200000 it's worth a million, but you did it inside of your retirement account. Your kids pay tax on all $1 million. Their children pay tax on, ready for this, nothing, zero, no tax. But they put in 200000 it's worth a million, no tax. Now when you hear me say rich people make the rules to benefit themselves, their friends, and their family, but they apply to everybody, you just have to know them, is that, is that not an interesting fact? Huh. The rules apply to everybody, but we just have to know what they are. That's why listening to me, TFS Financial Insurance Services, Total Financial Solutions, uh, the Total Financial Hour, that's why Arif Halaby, that's what we do. Because uh, what? I, I like to spend part of my Sunday with you. <laughs> of course I do. But I think you need to know because you see, when I learned it, changed my life, changed my family's life, made a difference in our clients' lives. Nearly three decades made a difference in the world, I think a positive one. Who's making a difference in your life? If we can help, it'd be our honor. 888 retire 888-997-3847. We have an amazing staff. We have... Uh, employees that are there at the office all the time, and me too, of course. Sometimes I'm with clients, so of course I can't answer the phone, but we set up a time. Maybe I can talk with you on the phone. Hey, Irv, can you just give me an opinion? What do you think? Maybe a Zoom call, right? Zoom or FaceTime. I think we have clients in 15 states now, 16 states, something like that, because you guys pick up and move. Right, everybody's moving. That's one of the things I get to do. I get to see the trends. You know, a real small, you know, microcosm of America, but I get to see the trends. Where are people are moving to. That's why I said Nashville, Franklin, Tennessee. Now eastern Tennessee is starting to pop up a little bit, but that's become the new place over the last I'd say six months. Florida is always in there. But Florida really draws a lot of the East Coast folks. Because it's the same time zone, it's a couple of hours, a lot of semi charter type planes couple hundred dollars you're on a plane you're down there it's quick and easy all right we're seeing that happen a lot i flew out of miami recently and the flight attendant we had some crazy people on the plane you see them every once in a while on uh the news do uh, youtube right rumble you see a lot of the rumble type uh, broadcasts and people with their video phones and some lady or guy screaming or fighting or something so i was on one of those uh, flights recently and it was coming out of Miami. So we talked to the flight attendant afterwards and uh, I said, wow, something to the effect, well, it's probably not as crazy as, as Vegas, her Vegas flights. And she said, Arif, Miami, she didn't say Arif, she said, uh, the, the Miami flights 
are way worse than any other route that this particular airline flies. I said, what? She said, they are just crazy people to come out of Fort Lauderdale and Miami. I don't know why. I said, even crazier than the you know, party people heading to Las Vegas? She said, absolutely. So I thought that was fun. So if you're somebody that's going to retire, I don't think this part of your life, right? Like if you were born in 1920 and you were thinking you were going to get married and have children, well, surprise, you're in the middle of World War II. You thought your, your life was going to go in one direction and world events changed and you have to shift and go down a, a different road. I think that's the same thing today. You were retired. You thought life was going to be the way it was. You play, I guess, today pickleball and golf, whatever it is. You think this is your life. I'm sorry. It's not. Your life is about getting involved at these school board meetings, running for office in these city councils, supporting candidates, speaking up. If you have values and morals, you sitting in a corner drinking your wine or your whiskey or your beer and just saying, well, the world is falling apart. Pass me another. Huh, huh, huh. If you think that is making a difference because you can complain about it, forget it. The world needs you. Needs you to stand up. Needs you to fight. Needs you to be something more than you've ever been before. And if you don't do that, in my opinion, there's a problem. And that's when the world changes. It changes and makes a big difference, guys. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. Big deal. Your family's finances need to step up. Somebody needs to fight back. And I want it to be you. Eric Halaby, The Total Financial Hour, 888 retire Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial 